0: this mountain you know
1: where i want to go boys welcome back episode triple ones of the booth review you know me i'm seth hellman joined of course by brendan Willett. we're matching today we're both wearing yeah, similarly colored wearing shirts and white hats <laughs> and we're literally wearing the exact same thing it's great really? you love to see it completely uncoordinated yep Almost back-to-back days with episodes here. I mean, we recorded on Sunday night, and it's Tuesday. And I don't think you guys are idiots, so I'm pretty sure you understand what this is going to be about. Obviously, there's going to be something in the title of the podcast that's going to clearly uh, allude to the topic. But we're talking Bruins, game one, the absolute shellacking that happened. And I, I hesitate to call it a shellacking, just because the score... You know, it's one of those things where the score is
0: not indicative of how the game actually went.
1: Right, like it was, it was close for a long time. There were a lot of things. Will you were there, and I know that you really wanted to rant. So why don't you? We'll lead off with you.
0: I mean, I've yeah, I have so much to cover that I mean, we can just kind of see where this goes and touch on a bunch of different parts of the game and run through it. But like you said, my initial thought coming out of that game was. It was. You see the score five one for someone who doesn't watch that game. It looks like it's a beat down. Um, it. I would say it's a scenario in which the score is not indicative of how that game actually went. But I would also not go as far as say that it's not one of those scenarios where it was like a two one game and then like the hurricane just ran away with it. I'd find it somewhere in the middle. Um, it at times in little spurts felt like. Carolina was dominating. Um, and I mean, it, it's just been reiterating the problem with this Bruins team all year is that they have control of a game. And then just one or two moments, they leave the door open. And they when you play against a team that knows how to get your foot in that door and capitalize on those little moments, then you're screwed. And that's what happened last night, was you ran into a really good Hurricanes team, you dominated for the first 38 minutes of that game, 37 minutes of that game, and then you left the door open a little bit. And they scored two quick goals right at the end of the second period, which at that time seemed insurmountable. Um, and it turned out to be insurmountable. Um, but my initial thoughts after that game is exactly that. And I think you would probably feel the same way. And a lot of Bruins fans would. Is that score not necessarily indicative of how that game was going at one time? But I also wouldn't go as far to say that the Bruins were played anywhere close to deserving hockey of winning that game. I think that we deserved to lose that game. Um, So, yeah, those are my initial thoughts. But um, I, I being in the building, like you said, I was uh very interesting it was my first away Bruins game i've been to an away hockey game before but never a Bruins game um so i knew that going in we were going into a playoff environment wearing the away team colors and we were planning on being obnoxious and we were planning on getting in people's faces and and playing up to that playoff atmosphere um we were basically harassed the whole game i mean, i just let's call a spade a spade we were we were harassed the whole game by hurricanes fans and i don't want to generalize i don't like to generalize fan bases um because i think that obviously you run into one fan who, who doesn't speak for the rest of the entire fan base or doesn't represent that fan base i don't want to come out here and say that all hurricanes fans are dicks and assholes and you know, deserve the worst because I'm sure that that's not true. In my time in North Carolina, I found that the people down here are quite friendly. So I don't want to go off on people who are from North Carolina. But what is clear and what bothered me was that it's just clear that these people don't know the game of hockey. And that's through no fault of their own. There's just not a big hockey market down here. They just don't know the game of hockey. My initial observation, I'll just take you through my whole night. We walk into the stadium. It did not fill up until midway through the second period. So I had people texting me like, "Is it loud in there? Is it like, what's the environment like? What are the fans like?" For the first period and a half, empty seats all around. Um, really, they were pumping crowd noise in, and you could hear it. Not much of really? it, really. You could definitely hear crowd noise being pumped in. Um, crazy. And so, like, I was texting Carp, and Carp was like. Is it loud in there? It sounds loud on the TV, but it doesn't look like it's sold out. I go, it's very clear they're pumping crowd noise. I mean, we could hear it. Like, it was it was obvious that they were pumping crowd noise. And Our entire section was very bleak, uh, empty seats all over the place. It was not sold out by any means. Um, and by the middle of the second period, when it seemed like, maybe it just seemed like this in my mind, but when it seemed like the Hurricanes started to take advantage of the game, it seemed like, the population of Hurricanes fans started to increase. So I don't know if that's a product of the game itself or just the hockey culture down here, but all I was thinking in my mind was that this is regular season behavior in, in Boston. Is yeah. You show up to the game a little late, you go out to the bars, you're out in the north end, you're wherever, you show up in the middle of the first period, you're not missing anything. It's a, it, a middle-of-the-week game, regular season. You show up to the Bruins game a little late. It's more of a casual experience than it is anything. Come playoff hockey. If you do not get to TD Garden an hour before the game, you're not watching Puck Drop Live. You're just not. It's chaotic down on Causeway Street. Getting in, there's just masses of people walking in at the same time. And, you know, the concession area, wherever in TD Garden, is packed before games, wall to wall people. You have to like push through people. You feel like you're in a mosh pit at a concert before the game even starts. We rolled in yesterday walked through security and were in our seats in under five minutes with absolutely no hassle, absolutely no line. Um, And it just was not packed in there until midway through the second period. It it felt to me like regular season hockey for, for a little bit there. I was like, this does not feel like I'm at a playoff game. Um, So in terms of the fans, I don't want to fault them for not knowing the game, but it's just very clear that they don't know hockey. They're booing icing calls. The goal that got called back i mean yes you boo a goal called back regardless probably when it goes through review and it's called it's called back but i mean there was no arguing that like the goal that they scored in the first period that ended up getting called back and it wasn't even ever called back it was, it was called no goal on the ice. right i mean it was called no goal on the ice it was very clearly goaltender interference and then they're all booing and the people around us are like you know, razzing us because we were laughing about it, and they're like, "Sit down, shut the fuck up, Jake Dubras sucks." It's like I was like getting into it with these people because I'm like, "There's just, there's just clearly not a goal." Like I, if it was a Bruins game, I get that a lot of people in the garden would be booing if they called a goal back, but I'm also a realist and a logical thinker, and I'd be saying, "You know, like, all right, guys, relax. Like no goal, very clearly. Right. It was pretty blatantly goaltender interference." So, just a lot of that, just a lot of booing for icings, booing for offsides. Um, they cheer when they break the puck out, which I think is very odd. Um, and I, I think that, you know, they're equating it to like a football almost. Like I was saying that to Jackson, I was like, it's like they think it's football. Like they think breaking the puck out of their own zone is like a first step almost, where they like achieve oh, the yeah, blue weird. line. Yeah, because every time they broke the puck out of the zone, the place would go nuts. And I was like, all right, it's pretty fundamental play in hockey. It happens all the time. It's a fast pace on the fly game. Like clean breakouts are pretty much a part of the game. So like, that's what I was, I was like, they probably think that that means something. Oh, yeah. They just, you know, got a first down and they get a fresh set of downs. I don't know. Um, and I don't want to make these people to be stupid or anything. I just, it's just the hockey market's not as big just as, um, the football market, I mean, granted, we have the Patriots, but just, you know, at, at more of a recreational youth level, it's not as big as Boston. Ooh, it's clearly a hockey city. It's clearly a baseball city. It's it's not necessarily known for its products of football players. It's just bigger down here. Football's a big, one of the bigger sports down here. So it's it's just very clear that they don't know a lot about the game. Um what bothered me the most, right? I'll give it to these fans they're passionate. And Seth, you know that. We've seen it for the past couple of years. They're passionate. fans. They get into it. They make noise. Midway through the second period, it was very, it was getting loud in there. It seemed like the building was starting to fill up and it was getting loud. They don't necessarily know what they're cheering for, but they're cheering. So A for an effort. If I had gone to a Montreal or a Pittsburgh or a New York or a Philadelphia, as an away fan, as a Bruins fan at an away game for a Bruins game, I would totally 100% respect the harassment right that I was receiving. I'd be like, all right, mutual agreement that these are two great hockey teams, two great hockey cities, and I'm coming into your territory as a Bruins fan and being obnoxious. I would 100% respect the harassment that I was receiving. What I did not appreciate last night was the surplus of harassment from people around me And from people who didn't know what they were talking about. That's what bothered me the most was I had people who didn't know the game of hockey who were giving me a hard time and trying to make my experience miserable. Um, So I did not have an enjoyable experience last night. Aside from the game, if the Bruins had won, I still would have walked away thinking like, man, that was, that was kind of an annoying three hours to have to sit there and just take all this shit for like no reason. I wasn't, getting in people's faces about anything I was just cheering for my team I wasn't being overly obnoxious I was just rooting for my team and it just seemed like the fans had more around me at least had more of an interest in making my night unenjoyable than they did just rooting for their team and the last thing I'll say about the fans is after the second period after the Kane scored the two goals I was walking up to go to the bathroom. The period had ended. So everybody's walking up, right? And you know that everybody leaves at the same time at the end of the the beginning of the intermission. I'm walking up to go to the bathroom. And I, you know how like you have to let people go sometimes? You have to be a nice person. I let a couple people go and then I'm going up. I have to really go to the bathroom. I've been holding it since we started the drive from Elon all the way down to Raleigh. So I'm walking up to go to the bathroom and I see this kid shorter than me. Well, probably a little older than me, shorter than me, um, with like a fucking raggy, like rat tail haircut, wearing a jersey, a hurricane jersey that was 10 times too big for him, standing at the top in the very last row, like waiting to be let in, but like not really taking the opportunity. And immediately in my mind, I was like, this kid's going to cut front from I was like, I just know. He's going to see that I'm wearing a bronze jersey and not give a single fucking walk right in front of me. So I kind of sped up a little bit to make sure that that didn't happen. So I beat him there. And then he shoves me back against the railing and goes in front. of me. And so immediately I was like, I knew, I knew, I, I as soon as I saw him, I knew that this was going to happen. So the kid shoves me back and I was like, I like bumped into the woman behind me. I was like, what the fuck? And he just didn't say anything. So I kicked him in his Achilles.
1: <laughs> nice. As you should.
0: Kicked him right in the fucking Achilles. He turns around and tells me to fuck off, so I tripped him, and he falls down, <laughs> 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 Yeah. he gets up, and and he's fucking livid, so he starts giving it to me, and I'm giving it back to him, he's like, he's like, buddy, that's all he said, he kept saying out he would fuck me up, because, buddy, I would fuck you up, he's like, up to here on me, which is very rare for someone of my stature, very rare, it's, yes. it's very, clear that this very, kid, like, had stunted growth hormones, so I said, like, would your parents stunt your growth when you were a kid, like, what the fuck happened to you? He starts just giving it to me, giving it to me, like, fuck the Bruins. You're not even a real Bruins fan. I, he calls me not a real Bruins fan. I go, he's wearing a Hurricane jersey with nobody on the back. I go, nice jersey, by the way. Did you buy that on your way into the stadium? That's the other thing, too, is almost all of them don't have names on the backs of their jerseys, the fans. That's They're so just weird. Blank, which is very, I said that to Jackson, I said it's very rare in Boston that you see someone with a blank jersey. The, the only times
1: that I ever see people wearing blank jerseys is if they're wearing one of those special jerseys, so like if it's the Irish Knight jersey or like the, the Army jersey or right. the Hockey Fights Cancer ones. But even the Hockey Fights Cancer ones, they sell those with the names on the, with the names But on then like back. every once in a while you see someone who's got like an away jersey that doesn't have a name on it. But it's sure. very, very
0: rare. It's very rare seen. in Boston. At least, I mean, even like I give people a hard time for having like when Char was on the team. Like I give people a hard. I'd be like, oh, like it's a Char jersey. Like I don't know. I've always been like, that's the most popular jersey you can get, you know. But right. to me, blank name, no number on the back of the jersey screams you bought that jersey in the pro shop on your way into the game. So he calls. Especially me when it's fan. way too big. Exactly when it's like ten sizes too big for you. I mean, granted, everything is ten sizes too big on that kid, but. He was like, "Yo, you're not even a real Bruins fan. You're a fake Bruins fan. You're bandwagon, bandwagon. First of all, you I'm can't literally call fucking me a bandwagon." You, for, yes, first of all, I'm from Boston, but like, you can't call me a bandwagon when your hockey team is the bandwagon team right now. They just are. Ever since the Hurricanes started doing the stupid celebrations after the games and the storm surge and the fucking thing, everybody's. It seems like everyone's a hurricane fan. Oh, I love Sveshnikov. Oh, I love Aho. Oh, I love this. Good sports media how the fuck are you um so like to call me a bandwagon of a team that you're clearly bandwagoning that's gonna strike a nerve with me so you know i, I gave it to him straight he goes meet me in the bathroom i'll fuck you up I go, that's a weird place to have me meet you if we were going to fight the bathroom like what are we going to do in the bathroom like such a weird that's all he kept saying he goes, meet me in the bathroom i'll fuck you up <laughs> i just i just Kept giving it to him. I was winning. Clearly, I was laughing. I had a big smirk on my face. I was just in the driver's seat at this point. Dude, you keep walking away. Meet me in the bathroom. I go, dude, I'm going in the bathroom. Why don't you meet me there? <laughs> Never saw the kid again. I hope I see him tomorrow night because, like, I am not opposed to fucking somebody up.
1: It's also kind of a sus, like, meet me in
0: the bathroom, bro. All right. right what do
1: you want? What Like, what? It's a little yeah, weird. Like, why the
0: bathroom? <laughs> Like, what? like, like usually it's like, bathroom. meet me Why? outside or like, meet me in the parking lot. Like, no, meet me in the bathroom. <laughs> what are we going to do in the bathroom? We're we going to throw hands in the bathroom? <laughs> weird. Like, it was odd. Yeah. Too many naked people in the bathroom,
1: you know? Right. Like, it's just yeah. weird.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to be chilling with a bunch of dudes and just like having a fight in the middle of the bathroom. I would prefer to do that on the parking lot. I'm not the fighting type.
1: Well, people like, almost get hit all the time, regardless of who they're a fan of, in the bur- in TD Garden bathrooms because guys will go in yes. through the exit all the time, and
0: people are not having that. No, you can't do that. You can't go in through the exit. That's like that's like TD Garden code number one. You can't be a scumbag who goes in through the through the exit. Um, but yeah, so that was my experience at PNC Arena. Not a great one, but I am going back tomorrow night, and you know I'm hoping if the Bruins can. Win a game in this series. I'll be back for Game Five next week as well. Um, but not a not a great experience so, so far. I would chalk it up to just maybe these fucking yokels down here don't know what they're talking about and they're they're crossing lines that aren't meant to be crossed and they're getting in my face for no fucking reason. But whatever. It's North Carolina. I could give a fuck about this state. I don't. So yeah, Let's, that's my way. Let's talk about the game.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. So naturally. The uh, the hockey aspect of it, the thing that was bothering me a lot was just how bad, and I talked about this when we went over our brackets with Lynch, just how bad the defensive positioning was all game long. I mean, you saw, I, I, I want to say it was on one of the goals, Grizzlick pinched on the far side, uh, or well, far side from the camera. So that would be the bench side. Right? He yes. pinches on the bench side. The puck goes right through him. All of a sudden, it's a 2 on one and I'm pretty sure they scored on it. That was the goal um, that
0: pretty much ended the game because it was 2-1 at that point. And then no more than three minutes later, that 2 on one happens, and um, Svechnikov ends up scoring. Um, and that, just, in my it, mind, was the goal that did us in.
1: It, it's been an issue all year long, um, and it's really frustrating to see, you know, especially Grizzly. Like, Grizzlik is the guy that you would, you know, he's one of the guys you would expect to like not fuck that up, right? Like he's one of the more veteran guys on the defense. Um, you know, he's still young, obviously, but like realistically other than Lindholm and Forbort, nobody's more experienced than Grizz, Carlo, and Chuck, right? You know, especially all of those guys have deep playoff runs under their belts. So, right. you know, I think we can consider Grizzlick to be somewhat of a veteran at this point, Um and I just wouldn't expect a guy with the experience that he has to make that bad decision and bad play. Um, it happened a couple of other times. Uh, you know. Look, I mean, Allmark stood on his fucking head, dude. We were lucky that game didn't end up being 10-1. to 1. Um, I don't think there was really a single goal. Like, I, Someone was like, do we start swimming game two? I don't think so. I don't think that there was – really a goal I mean you can say what you want about the Trocheck goal but like that's also one of those weird ones where it's like it's an off angle like that's just an unreal shot but every other goal I don't know that you can really blame Allmark for I think there was maybe one that I was like Allmark's gotta have that but I maybe one the rest of them it was like you know there were a couple there was one or two redirects and then one of them it was Grizzlik's fault Grizzlik just had a terrible game Grizzlik didn't clear the guy out um in front of Omar and so Omar couldn't see where the puck was coming from and it just clean right top I want to say it picked the glove side corner from the yeah. from the blue line yeah but yeah it was um, just like defensive no, positioning really bad not not clearing guys out in front we need wagner that that's my takeaway was yeah. we need to sit frederick and put in wagner
0: yeah um I agree. I mean, here's the thing is I don't think anybody really played well. I can think of one player off the top of my head who I was sitting there and I thought, wow, that's a good performance was Taylor Hall. I thought Taylor Hall had a pretty good game, not just because he scored the goal, but I mean, the whole sequence of events, the play where he rang the post that would have tied the game earlier on in that play makes an incredible back check in the neutral zone. I forget who it was who was carrying the puck for the Hurricanes, but Taylor Hall comes from. The Hurricanes face off. Dot in their own zone, all the way out to center ice, and catches this guy. Cleanly lifts his stick, picks the puck right off of his stick, curls to the backhand, goes right in on Ranta, and fires the puck right, like inches away from being like, in a, like one of the most complete hockey plays I've ever seen. I thought he had a really great game. Um, and the knock on his game last year was like he sh- was awful in the playoffs and didn't show up for us. Well, he showed last night that, like, clearly he was ready to play playoff hockey when nobody else was. But, you know, I I, I can pick out individuals who I think I had really poor performances. But it, overall, I just don't think anybody played well. Um, I'd agree that it was apparent early on that Grizzly was not going to have a good game. Had a lot of turnovers. I've noticed, too, that, I mean, I've said this since 2019. And my knock on him in 2019 was during that cup final was this, too, was that. He throws the puck to some bad areas sometimes. I don't know if you pick up on this, but sometimes he'll just kind of want to get rid of it. And he's not looking to make the smart play, which, you know, by contrast, a a defenseman like Charlie McAvoy is always looking to make the smart play with the puck and he puts it into good areas and he's feeding guys. And he's one of the heads on the breakout. Like Grizzly last night far too many times, just throwing the puck to dirty areas for giving it away on the breakout and just no clean entries into the zone no clean breakouts and that starts with him i mean it finishes with other guys but it starts with him so early on i could i i was complaining about his game and then that pinch on the svechnikov goal just completely out of position i don't know what the rationale was there like you said wasn't clearing guys out in front um i think he just had an off game um i would agree i
1: mean that's that's the other thing that you mentioned right there is the zone entries. The fucking power play. Well, that right? power play
0: was ridiculous, yeah. I mean, well, was you have the,
1: obviously you have the one power play where they literally never got the puck into the zone, like, yeah. at all. But then you have couldn't score on the power play all night. Like, you can't – I mean, how many power plays? Do they have four, three? Three.
0: Three and then yeah, one over three like, with, like, four shots. can't have
1: three power plays, have a power play unit that consists of Patrice Bergeron, David Posternock brad marsh and taylor hall and charlie McVoy and not score a fucking goal when you have three shots
0: well the biggest thing for me was sitting there on that third power play because i actually thought the first power power play was pretty good they settled the yeah, puck well they were bad. getting shots i think all their shots on the power play came from that first power play it was early on in the game obviously they weren't able to finish which like i have my own thoughts about that i think if you get a power play in the playoffs in a game like that you you got to take advantage But it didn't look horrible, right? The first power play was okay. They settled it down. They were getting chances. So you're sitting there as a Bruins fan, like, all right, you know, this isn't the 0-35 power play that we've seen for the past month or so. But, um, you know, they're getting chances, which is good. Um, But that third power play really stood out to me. And that was when I really saw the arena getting to the Bruins. It was one of those sequences in sports where the chips just kept falling and falling and falling and their backs were getting backed up further against the wall. It was like they couldn't enter the zone, they would, the hurricanes would send it down the ice, the place would erupt, couldn't enter the zone, hurricanes just sent down the ice. You know, And then it's like, next thing you know, the hurricanes start bringing the pressure because they can tell that we're railing. Um, and then we can't even break the puck out of our own zone on our own power play. And then the hurricanes have an odd man rush going the other way. It was one of those situations where it, everything just started snowballing and snowballing and snowballing. You could feel it there. The arena was gaining more and more momentum and the Bruins were just getting lackluster with the puck to the point where they were hitting the red line and dumping the puck in on the power play and chasing it, which I have never been a fan of, the dump and chase on the power play. I think if you have five guys on the ice and the other team has four, you should have clean zone entries all the time. You should have no need to dump the puck in. Absolutely no need. And then they start resorting to that just to try and get an entrance. Obviously, it didn't work. And um it was... Just, not, not enjoyable for, for any Bruins fans to be watching that
1: yeah I mean uh, on on that power play in particular I would have enjoyed seeing them dump it like and they did they the- and, but then the hurricanes
0: beat them there they right. like in the second half of that power play they started dumping it in and then they couldn't get to the pump couldn't, couldn't get there yeah. it was it was just But I get what you're saying. In a situation like that, we're getting stood up at the blue line. Yeah, dump it and go around it, but not when you're going to get beat to the puck, you know? Right. But back to what you said earlier, I would agree with what you said that we don't start swaying the next game. You know, like I was saying last night on the car ride back, I was like, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Like, yeah, it was a bad first game one, but that does not mean that we need to change everything up. We don't need to change all the lineups. We don't need to change the goalies just yet. I would disagree with the notion that that Allmark stood on his head. I think he played well. I don't think that it was an incredible game from him. I think that goals three and four were soft. What nobody's talking about, because it's being overshadowed by the Grizzly pinch, is on that two-on-one. Go back and watch the tape. Allmark is slow to get over to Sveshnikov's side when the pass comes over.
1: The, the one thing I will say about that is who who's back as a defenseman. There was Carlo? I think it was
0: Carlo. Should have taken yeah. the pass.
1: Carlo didn't commit. He just no. stayed in the middle. You either have to commit to the pass or commit to the guy, and he did neither. And so I think that. was No, I'd agree that I with
0: mean. that. But yes, and I was gonna say that too. I was gonna say, Carl texted me immediately after. He was like, "Take the pass," and I agree. Like you can't just play both guys. You gotta you gotta commit to one or the other. And in that situation. I would have taken the pass away 100 times out of 100 because you have a lefty who's on his off wing, not on his off wing, but he's not set up for the one timer there. Um, So you're going to get a better chance at Allmark squaring up to that puck if you do slide that over and you can break the pass up too if you commit to the pass. But I would just encourage people to go back and look at that because immediately when I saw the replay, I was like, huh, Allmark was slow to get over there. Um and but it was a snipe and and, and it absolutely was. But he he didn't I I I don't know if he slipped or something. That's the other thing too. The ice was definitely slippery last night, a lot of guys falling. It was hot. It's hot today here. It's like 85 degrees out. So that definitely plays a factor. Um, but I don't know if it just looks like he he was like frozen almost. Like I don't know if he thought Carlo was gonna commit and then didn't, and then felt like he like Allmark himself had to play both guys. But he just looked slow getting over to Sveshnikov's side. Whereas, like, I, I have visions of Tuka Rask and Tim Thomas when they go cross-crease post-to-post sliding just, like, night and day. And, like, Allmark looked like he was, you know, trigger-shy to get over there. But, no, I would not look to Swayman yet. Um, I think you have to see what happens tomorrow night. Um, it was not a bad performance by any means. I don't think that you can put the loss on Allmark. I just don't think anybody played well, but I wouldn't be pumping Allmark's tires. Um, And even Cassidy said to himself in the post-game interview, he said, like, you know, you need a guy in net who's going to make the saves down the stretch when you're losing, and we didn't get that tonight. Which, like, I thought was a little bit of a soft comment, but at least in his eyes, he...
1: Right, like, I mean, in a sense, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, obviously to win the cup, you need the goalie that's making the ridiculous saves and all Mark wasn't making the ridiculous ones last night, but it was also like, I just didn't think that he could be blamed for the goals that went in,
0: you know? No, I agree with that. But I also agree with, I, I think more so where Cassidy's coming from and like, I guess what, where I'm, how I'm seeing it is that Taylor Hall gave you an opportunity to, to get back in that game last night. Right. And it
1: was two to one.
0: It was two to one. And then, he hits the post, God forbid, or not God forbid, but like, you know, a game of inches, a couple inches to the right. And that's a tie game. And I think if he ties that game, they the Bruins win. could just, you know, you came down two and you tied the game in the middle of the third period with all the momentum. They had all the pressure coming out early in the third period. Um, and I think it's a completely different game, but I do see where Cassidy's coming from. And like what I would kind of pin is the issue is that, you're two-one. Your team has not been playing well, but you just got a little bit of life, and then minutes later, you you let in another goal, and then another one, and then you know, like it all just started to pile up, and it was like literally five minutes ago we were in this game, and we were inches away from tying the game and giving ourselves a legitimate shot to to win game one, but um, but no, I I think Allmark's going to be in net tomorrow night. I don't think you're going to see too many lineup changes. This is what I'd say to you. Would you break up the first line? That's a question that I have because I genuinely don't know.
1: No, I don't see a reason to mess with the top six. Because I, no. to me, if, if, if your question is, do we – which the first line is another topic. But if your question is, do we break up the first line, to me, breaking up the first line means breaking up the second line. And I don't want to break up the second line. So, therefore, I'm not breaking up the first line. Um, I just thought that we got outplayed from a physical standpoint and which is why it's weird to make the comment to like, you know, Oh, we need more physicality. Let's take Frederick out of the lineup. But I just don't like, I guess you could take no sick out of the lineup. I would like, he would be the
0: first guy I take out. He had a bad game last night.
1: Yeah. Um, no sick, not Frederick. Yeah. So It'll be interesting to see. I I think whatever the case is, Wagner needs to be in the lineup for game two. Just we need that extra physicality boost, um, especially you know, feels like,
0: against a team that was out hitting you last night. That should not be out hitting you. Yeah. You know, know.
1: If forget team that should not. It, no team should out hit the Boston Bruins in the fucking playoffs. No. It's it's the goddamn Boston Bruins. There's no excuse, literally no excuse for us to be getting out hit. That's just not Bruins hockey to get out hit in the playoffs. It, it, it's, it's our brand. Our brand of
0: hockey has always been the blue-collar physicality type of, you know, approach to the game, which has always boded well for us. But, hey, you look at a game like last night, and I think that we probably – I don't think either team was at their best but I don't think I think Carolina was playing doubt to the Bruins for the, at least the first period. We were we won that first period. I mean, we just couldn't finish. Um, that's the other thing is that Jake debrusk that crash early on where the puck trickled behind Ranta that goes in completely different game too. Like you set the tone early with an with an early lead, and and I think you just got shut down there one, first got
1: right? another one. I mean, what's his face? If um. Oh, who is uh, the, the play out in front where I think Marshan shot it and it deflected up and Russ tried to whack it out of the air. Yeah, yeah. that one, if that defender isn't is over by like a foot and a half. Uh, there was a, there was another
0: instance, too. I don't know. I don't think it's the same play, um, but Posternock had fallen in front. And maybe it was this same one. Um, no, it wasn't because the DeBrus. it was a similar type of play and posture. had fallen in front and we had like a weird kind of deflection going towards the net and actually Ranta didn't see it, but it hit posture and didn't go in. Um, I forget this. It was either the first or third period. Cause it was down where- by where I was sitting. I was with a brood shot twice. Um, but uh, then again, like that bounce goes differently, like the- the- a completely different game, but, um. The other thing too is it it felt like one of those games where if you the longer it went on without the Bruins scoring, the more you just felt it slipping away, right? Because you had a goalie in Ranta who had never started a playoff game before. And I think the narrative changes significantly if you score a goal on him in the first five minutes of that game, which if that debrusque little trickle had gone in, you would have done, right? I think you knock his confidence early. You're getting after him. You're up like one or two, nothing after the first period, completely different narrative of the whole series. But then again, sure. You can see the Bruins had 40 shots, but they were 40 weak shots. So the more that they were just kind of feeling them out, not really peppering them, just kind of trying to settle into the game a little bit then the more that you were letting him settle in, Right. I mean, right. The more shots he was facing, the more light glove saves that he was that he was able to catch. I mean, the the more confidence you were giving him, so it, it just felt as that game went on. Yeah, the Bruins had twenty plus shots in the middle of the second period, but I think maybe less than three legitimate scoring chances.
1: I mean, dude, we're talking about a guy who's got a career two seven nine goals against average in six games in the playoffs, right? Like. It, it's someone that you, you know, he has barely any playoff experience. And in the little playoff experience that he has, you're expecting him to give up at least two goals a game. Right. And, you know, obviously they had a couple of close calls, but they've got to be, I mean, d- dude literally had a seven fourteen save percentage in two games in the 2019, yeah. 2020 playoffs. Like it just can't happen, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it, it had that feeling too. Where that time kept ticking off the clock, and you weren't getting to him enough, and you were letting him settle in, and that's going to dictate the rest of the series. Because if you got at him early, like we've seen the Bruins do in the past, there's no coming back from that. Look at the series against the Hurricanes in 2019. We ran Mrazek out of that series. We got yeah. we got out. We scored five goals in the first game, and he was never the same. We had his number the rest of the way. Now Rontz is feeling. A boatload of confidence after allowing one fucking goal against the Bruins. And like, you could even say that, like, yeah, it was just like a nasty shot from Taylor Hall. You know, Rata couldn't do anything about it. Like, he has all the confidence in the world. He stopped what, 30, 35 of 36 or something? 36 of
1: 37? It's something like
0: that. Some, some, one of those numbers. And he had 40 saves in the first game of the playoffs in his, in his debut and let in one goal on like 40 shots. So, like, if I'm him, I'm feeling amazing heading into game two, which was exactly what the Bruins didn't want, was letting him get comfortable. Now he's comfortable. So I don't know. I really don't know. Um, thoughts for the rest of the series and for game two before we can, like, wrap this up? Because these we're going to do a podcast after every Bruins game. They're going to be short, little recaps. So we'll keep it brief yeah. for all of you. But what do you think adding into uh-huh. the rest of the series? It was... 30,
1: 35 saves on 36 shots, by the way, yeah. for Bronte. um Look, they have to fucking win game two. I don't, I don't see a path for them to win this series without winning game two, because the way they played in game one, I feel like they're going to drop at least one game at home. Yeah. Right. You, you cannot, if you're the Bruins, you cannot go to Boston down 2-0 and then after you know say they win tomorrow night and it's 1-1 going into Boston obviously the ideal is to come out 3 and 3 to 1 and then you come back to carolina looking to clinch the series in game 5 but you can't go into game 5 down 3 to 1 either like you have to they have to win this next game and i i think that in order to win the series they have to win game 3 i think they can lose game 4 and still win the series but i think they have to win games 2 and 3 get a little bit of momentum you know the canes would probably have a bit of a you know resurgence in game four to kind of fight back you know you're back down two to one your backs against the wall right you don't want to go down three to one and so (laughs) i feel like you know they might you know go down and then that point's three game series and i think if you get it late in a three game series the bruins have the experience and that i would take them in that situation but they they need to they have to win tomorrow
0: yeah i don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet i mean i'd like to remind everybody that we lost game one in 2019 to the maple Leafs five to one and the narrative was the same after that game Fucking bench to garage change the lineup break up the first line you know we got we got to change the approach we can't score this team is not built for a, a cup run they aren't contenders if You was into the maple Leafs. we would have been better off drawing this team this team um, and then we went to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup 5. So, like, losing Game 1 on the road to the Hurricanes after very much being in the game for most of the game, no, it's not time to hit the panic button at all. Everyone's already counting the Bruins out of this series saying the Hurricanes are going to snag this one in 5 or 6. Like, it's just not time to hit the panic button yet. We're fine. Like, we are we are more than fine right now. We come out tomorrow, we lay a goose egg, yeah, I'm starting to worry a little bit, down 2-0 heading back to Boston. The good news is you're heading back to Boston where – Probably one of the toughest buildings to play in for a road team ever, you know, across the league. So, no, I'm not panicked about the Bruins. I'm not worried about the Bruins yet. I think they come out tomorrow. I I like Bruins 3-2 to tomorrow. I think it's going to be another battle of a game. I don't think this series is getting handed to us by any means. I think it's going to be another grind, another battle. going to definitely be lower scoring. Um, I think the Bruins are going to be more cognizant of the mistakes that they made in game one. Um, But the Hurricanes have all the momentum right now, so you can't count them out either uh I still like Bruins in six or seven I really do um I think they're gonna figure their shit out and granted I'm saying that because I'm a Bruins fan but like I let let me put it this way Toronto and Tampa Toronto won five nothing last night I still like Tampa in like five you know like I it's the same thing there and I don't have a dog in that race at all it's just how I see it it's it's one game it's the first game in the Stanley Cup playoffs you had a lot of guys who were playing their first playoff game ever like Let's not freak out yet. They make these series seven games long for a reason, you know? So there's there's absolutely no reason to be panicking about the Bruins. Let's come back to me after game three and we'll talk. Right. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have, though. The people next door are being fucking obnoxiously loud, so. I can barely hear them, so. Good. It's been annoying me the whole time, so. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, after last night, and, you know, my little scuffle at the Hurricanes game, I'm just a little bit on edge. So, fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, I'll be back there tomorrow night. Gonna bring the noise, gonna bring the energy. Maybe I'll get into another scrap. Who knows? But, but yeah. Um, Nothing would be more electric than the Bruins
1: winning that game and you getting kicked out for getting in a fight.
0: Well, that's what I was saying to myself. I was like, all right, this series is gonna go at least five games. If you want the Bruins to win, that means you get two more games in in raleigh i was like don't get kicked out yet <laughs> that's yeah, what i was saying i yeah. was like i need to be invited back so i need to make sure i still have a warm seat uh for tomorrow night's game and the next week's games if uh, if hypothetically we have games five or and or seven next week i need to make sure that that seat is warm when i get back so I'm not getting myself kicked out yet not getting any lifetime bans placed on myself but just know that the tbr playoff army brought the fucking noise last night and we definitely upset some people which is that's that's what we're here to do at the end of the day you make friends at home and you make enemies on the road that's exactly. all we're here to do yeah. that's how it has
1: to be can't be anything i'm not else. here to make i'm not here to make
0: friends you know I, I don't care about your feelings i'm not here to make friends i'm here to win fucking hockey Facts
1: don't doing. care about your feelings
0: they don't Facts. <laughs> all i have to say about it really that's that's all i have to say i have no further comment on the on the uh situation from last night we're moving forward um and if the situation presents itself again it will be taken care of like it was taken care of last night uh, and i appreciate the support from the entire playoff army bruins and five I got them in like
1: six or seven. <laughs> no, like realistically, I have them in six or seven too. But I'm just gonna keep on changing it based on how many. Like I'm just gonna say they're gonna win the next four games. Right. That's fine. So like, yeah, yeah. No matter what.
0: Yeah.
1: No matter what, they're winning the next four it's games. Bruins so in the down trio, it's Bruins. Go down three zero. It's scenario. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, they get swept. is Bruins in nine. You know. It, you know. You know what I'm saying? It just it does feel like like a like a year where they can do something. You know how I just say that every year because I'm a Bruins fan, but last night being in there, it reminded me of the Toronto series in 2019. Mm. I just, it, you know, where it it, it kind of has that feeling where it's like, this may be your toughest test. If you can get past them, then it's fucking smooth sailing from here on out. Uh, well, especially that's what if TNP is like.
1: going to, you know, it, Here's if Tampa somehow loses to Toronto, first off, we're gonna dick Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know that for if the they fact. even make
0: it, they could lose to Florida or right at that Washington. point, they would have to get past yeah. Florida,
1: and Florida's a different story. But you know, right? No, we assuming that Florida Tampa too. turns it around, they clearly don't look as dangerous as they have in years past. No, Toronto. they clearly are, they're a different team. So, but I'm just
0: you know, it has that feeling right now where it's like this may be our toughest test, and if we can succeed and get past this team, then like <laughs> Who knows? But there's I mean, definitely energy around of the, this team.
1: We if we get out of the first round, it's a free pass to the Eastern Conference Finals. We get out of the Eastern Conference Finals, anything can happen in the cup.
0: We've seen it before. We're fine. Everybody freaking out about this team, we're fine. Like let's not let's not jump to any conclusions yet. Let's not fire Bruce Cassidy or Don Sweeney or Start Swayman. I have just, no
1: issues with Cassidy. They could get swept in this series, and I still would say that he shouldn't get fired. I think, they, I think if they're a first-round
0: exit, Don Sweeney goes, Cassidy will stay. But then...
1: Interesting.
0: Just because his contract's up, they haven't re-signed him yet. It just kind of seems like they're waiting to see how this postseason pans out. You know? This just from a purely yeah, it's, logistical it's funny, standpoint. Like,
1: like, when you think about it, I don't know, just like... They've done so well under him. That it yeah, like it'd be, it'd be weird to me, like, like obviously they haven't won a cup or anything, but like they made that one. I mean, so when when did he come? It was 2015, was his first year, the 2015
0: 2016,
1: or was it 2014 2015? I don't, um, I don't know. One of those two. What what year did Jake DeBrusque get
0: drafted? Fifteen. I was gonna say it was okay. that. So it, was, it, it was the 2014 draft. 20. So
1: 2014 2015 was Shirelli's last season because 2015 was Sweeney's first draft. Um, So in order, since he's taken over 93 points, 95 points, 112 points, 107 points, 100 with an asterisk next to them because they only played 70 games. They got 100 points in 70 fucking games, right? Then 73 in a shortened COVID year, that's still – um 33 and 16 right so you're you know yeah I mean, and you still had
0: two months left of the season when they shut down so who well knows no the 2020
1: 2021 20, that they didn't shut down that oh, year. That oh you're talking about the following year yeah yeah because they played seven even so at they points and seventy games in the COVID year Oh, and gotcha, then this gotcha. year 107 points so realistically this guy's taken over and with the exception of two seasons dumped in nothing but hundred point seasons.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I don't it'd be it just shows you the culture of Boston that was gonna say saying is that there's a genuine possibility that if this team doesn't win more than one playoff series that it gets fired. It's
0: fucking that's the crazy. thing is the only footnote to that is that every single one of those years you didn't win a cup. You came close but you didn't win. So that's and that's the culture in Boston. We expect winning. And so and I'm just saying that because his contract is up. And if you have a GM that you really like and is really doing well, then you want to lock him down as soon as possible. They probably would have already re-signed him if they were 100% committed to him. Um, I think they're probably waiting this this playoffs out to see. I, I think if, if we go two rounds, maybe three, yeah, his job is safe. It's fine. Um, but I think if we're a first round exit, which I don't think we're going to be, but like, God forbid, we are. Yeah, I think I think you see some changes in the front office, but I don't know. This is all this is all conjecture and just hypotheticals for something that will most likely not happen. But yeah. What's your prediction for game two? Just give me a score. Because I've got three two bros.
1: I have three one. I think it's a two to one game and they get the empty netter.
0: Fair. Fair um i just think it's i think it's going to be goals are going to be hard to come by for us and i think that it's going to be another one of those really close games that we've seen in the playoffs before but i think we're going to come out on top i think it's just it just has to be you just have to win tomorrow night you absolutely have to i'd love to come out and brag doll and you know just have our way with them but i just don't think that that's realistic yet i think later on in the series if we string together some wins yeah we can go out and put Four or five up on them and really keep the door shut and actually show that we're a better hockey team. But I don't think that we're at that stage of the series yet. Still early, still in the feeling out process. So I'll go three, two B's and we're going to go back to Boston, nod it up, which is exactly where we want to be. That's all I've got.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything else either.
0: Wrap it up then, fella.
1: All right. So thank you all for joining us here on the review episode one 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 and fun fact about one 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 it's the same forwards as it is split backwards and we'll
0: see you on the flip side buddy that was fucking awesome <laughs>